kingdom come. The idea is that we're not taking people to heaven alone. We're taking heaven here. We are mimicking what a good Christian kingdom would look like on earth. How are we bringing the kingdom of God to earth by treating people with dignity, as you said, but also showing ourselves dignity by showing our earth dignity and really trying to emulate those aspects of Christ. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. Um, and today we have a special guest, Luke Netto, who uh, clearly is not Bishop Rob. Luke, how are you, man? I'm pretty good. How are you today? I'm great. Well, friends, Luke is um, the incoming, I think, chairperson of the Diocesan Youth Commission. Is that right, Luke? That's correct. And you are a rising senior in high school. Yes. Yeah, yeah. man. So why did you say yes to this? Um, I think I've always been inspired by the leadership of people in this diocese, both young people and then older mentors that I've seen through Holly Tubbs, who's our youth missioner, but also clergy, um, you know, other people who are just assisting vestry, lay people, um, the bishop. I think just seeing it, you know, you you want to grow up and be able to contribute in a way that's as meaningful as the people you see. That's great. Well, um, you did your devotion. You called it Kingdom. And you based it off of Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 31 through 33 and 44 through 52 to, to cap, capture everybody up to speed or get everybody up to speed. Uh, we're, we're talking about the mustard seed. Yeah, essentially, um, the entire selection from the gospel reading for um, from this selection is just a bunch of parables that Jesus is giving. And so the most recognizable one is the mustard seed, but he also starts talking about other ones we aren't as familiar with, like a merchant who is intent on finding this perfect pearl. And so he drops everything until he finds it. Um, and there's other you know, bits and pieces here and there that we don't mention as much with the mustard seed, like the fact that birds are going and nesting in this gigantic mustard tree. We don't really talk about the fact that the birds are going and nesting, but there are interesting tidbits we get from that uh, because every word that's in there, you know, Jesus selected specifically, and then it's being passed on through generations. And so clearly every word has some meaning. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, everybody talks about the mustard seed being this little bitty thing that grows into a great big thing, right? And a lot of people talk about faith like a mustard seed, you know, faith that flourishes. I love the nuance that you kind of highlight and the unpacking of the smallness, the tiny, like that tiny bird <laughs> nesting in the big. So you, you highlight miracles and you talk about in your devotion how many people will focus more on the big stuff, like the big miracles that God does. And then I think you kind of in your in your very rich, I think, perceptive, mature outlook, you're talking about the little stuff. So what experience do you have with that personally? How have you seen God in the little things? I think I see them, I see God most through people and the way people treat other people. 
And so I've seen it in a lot of ways. You know, we're always drawn to service. How exactly are we serving others through, you know, charity and community? Um, my youth group did a trip, our confirmation class actually did a trip in town uh, to Atlanta where there's an Episcopal church. It's more of a mission, actually. Holy situated Comforter? Right in, exactly. Yeah, Holy man, Comforter. Um, and we were able to attend this service surrounded by people we never see in my suburban church. It's people who are living on the streets, people who just really needed that helping hand. And so we did service with them. And then we went down and we were able to serve food to them. We made sandwiches, we made meals. Uh, but more than that, we had a connection. We were able to have these conversations with them. And so being able to see the way um, that Jesus saw these people, you know, Jesus never looked at the tax collector, the, you know, the leper, the prostitute. He never looked at them from this high and mighty place. He really, you know, he was willing to crouch down to them and hold their hand and say, I want to take you with me along this path. Mm. And so being able to see that, being able to, you know, shake their hand and hand them food and have a conversation about, you know, what's going on in their life. I mean, I think the most powerful part of the entire experience at Holy Comforter was when they were doing their prayers of the people. You know, in my church, when we do prayers of the people, it's big notions. It's pray for the leaders of our world, pray that we may use, you know, the world correctly. Pray that, you know, everyone who's died can find a place in the kingdom of heaven. But in Holy Comforter, these prayers of the people were pray for our friend who is recently arrested. Pray for our friend who died from an overdose. Pray for our friend who is sleeping on the side of the road. Um, and so I was really moved by that. And so we have, of course, my confirmation class who's helping out here. But there's also people who are working around the clock to make sure these people are okay. Um, they have the regular priest who's always making sure, always checking up on them. They've got staff members who are always helping out. There's flowers being donated. So it's these really tiny things that really make a huge impact. And I think that's the key part of the mustard seed um, parable is that the smallest action, however random or, you know, uncoordinated or, you know, out of this big plan however small of an action can yield the best results. Hmm. And so <laughs> when you take a mustard seed, I mean, a mustard seed is like tiny. You can't see it. And then you kind of just scatter it everywhere. There's no, you know, walking up to the dirt and creating a cute little divot and then putting the mustard seed in. You just toss it. Yeah. All right. Well, but I've got so many questions, Luke, and I can't wait to follow up with them, uh, follow up on them with you. So... Let's just take a, a really quick break. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Welcome back. So, Luke, I've been to Holy Comforter. In fact, I was just there uh, just a couple weeks ago on our youth mission trip. And our youth, it was the most formative experience 
for the entire trip, right? We were only there for a day. We also went there the night before and we got to worship with them on Wednesday night and have dinner with them. Um, And then uh, served at the Friendship Center the next day. Our youth, so my son is probably your age. He's uh, just turned 17. And um, he had an experience and he just like, this is the first time I've actually been able to feel God. I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm not embarrassed on uh, for him. He's had a very difficult, difficult um, life. And sorry, I'm going to back that up because of that ding. Easton, hold on one second. Luke, I need to do this because I clearly did not put D&D on. Okay. Our youth had an experience at a Holy Comforter. And I think we were able to, we were able to, peg it into one word, dignity. I feel like everybody there treated one another with dignity in ways that is not necessarily tangible or or experienced other places. And not only were people treating one another with dignity, I don't think anybody else was questioning their own dignity. It's almost like everybody had it. And so I'm curious what you think about that word, dignity. I think dignity is a, you know, it's a very good word. You know, we always talk about, especially in the Episcopal Church, how Jesus loves everyone. And he really shows that, you know, he's welcoming these people to his table. And in the time, we see it throughout the Gospels, he faces a lot of pushback for it. It is the Pharisees who are like, how dare you dine with these people? But it is also his disciples. His disciples are questioning his actions and saying, Shouldn't we be finding the righteous? Shouldn't we be going out to the devoutly religious and showing them the way? But instead, he's going to these people who may be of little faith, people who have strayed from the path, things like that. And he's inviting them to the table. And so the idea of kingdom come, um, that was actually our theme for the Youth Commission retreat uh, last year, kingdom come. The idea is that we're not taking people to heaven alone. We're taking heaven here. We are mimicking what a good Christian kingdom would look like on earth. How are we bringing the kingdom of God to earth by treating people with dignity, Mm -hmm. as you said, but also showing ourselves dignity by showing our earth dignity and really trying to emulate those aspects of Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Dignity is just a fancy word for worthiness, right? We're all worthy. Luke, I'm. F- what do you want to be when you're older? Uh, a politician. Oh my goodness, frankly. a politician. Okay, so how do you then prepare for that? And what do you see your political career looking like? Knowing what you know, believing what you believe, how do you see yourself integrating all of this spirituality and this theology? Because that's really what you are, my friend. You are quite the exceptionally mature, brilliant, young theologian. What does that look like? In oh, your thank lived- you. You flatter me. No, stop. You know it. <laughs> Where, what does that look like in your lived experience as a, as a, you know, political, uh, political candidate? I think the root of me wanting to be involved in politics is wanting to help people. You know, anybody has the power to do something. It's as simple as shaking a hand or donating to someone on the side of the street. Anybody has that power. But when you're in a position, an elected position, you're up there, 
you can impact the lives of millions of people, your constituents. You can really take the chance, go out on a limb and impact the lives of all of these people in a way that can really benefit them. And so, you know, when I look at Christianity, you know, some people who have been left behind as the church, they see it as a church of hate or an exclusionary church or one where it's just fire and brimstone preachings where we promise them they're going to hell. But I don't see the church that way. When I look at the church, I see a church where Jesus is extending his hand, one where the light of Christ is coming through to meet people where they are, to take away the shadow, because that's what light is. Light comes to take away the shadow. And so, you know, me going out into the world, whether it's as a politician or some other kind of political activist, but also just as a regular human being, I want to see how am I going to be spreading the gospel through actions just as much as words. It is fine to be able to go around and preach the gospel. That is exactly what Christ set us out to do. Immediately after Pentecost, those disciples went out and they spoke in the tongues of the nations and told everybody about the gospel. But it was also actions. They went out into the world and then they started doing things. They took risks. You know, we see as the evangelist Paul is, you know, he's arrested for his beliefs. He converts um, he from, you know, being a persecutor, he converts, and then he's able to spread the gospel through actions and words. We see as Christians all across the world, all across history, take these big leaps, you know, from every country on this great globe, they're going, they're taking risks to go and make sure that everybody is helped, making sure that they're saved, not only their soul, but also their body. Because, you know, we recognize that there are multiple parts to a person. There's the body, and then there's also the spirit. And so we have to grow them in spirit. We have to make sure that they are feeling, you know, comforted by this belief. But we also have to make sure they're feeling bodily okay. That means reducing violence in our communities. That means making sure that they are fed, and so they're not suffering. Sleeping on the side of a street should not be an option in a country as rich as this one. And so the Christian notions of charity, and it's not just Christianity, plenty of other religions demand charity as part of their tenets. You know, Islam, it's one of their five pillars. Judaism has a strong history of charitable work. Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, it's all about how can we build a stronger community. And so while others, you know, they want to build it through, you know, whether it be in a priest, um, whether they're going and spreading the gospel and preaching to prisoners and providing these prayers, whether it be a teacher who is instilling good values and education in children, a firefighter who is going and making sure people are okay, a cop who's trying to clean up the streets. You know, we have all of these different aspects. And, you know, me, if I want to be a politician, I want to know how can I help everybody as much as possible. And I feel like as a politician, you have that ability. You have the ability to shape not only the institutions, but also the people the institutions are affecting. For sure. Luca, I could probably spend another two hours speaking with you. I have so many questions and I just, I figured, goodness, um, 
we got some we got some amazing stuff in here. So I just I want to extend a thank you for being with us today. I want to thank you for your incredible devotion. Um, but before we wrap, do you mind if I pray with you? Of course, go ahead. Let's pray, everybody. <sighs> Gracious God, we're so grateful for your servant, Luke. Um, what an incredibly gifted, talented young man, this, this young budding, uh, Jesus follower and uh, let's hopefully, um, uh, president one day (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm campaigning, uh, for Luke, uh, for Luke Neto. Uh, gracious God, I ask that you continue to bless him, bless him in big and bold ways so that ultimately, um, People experience your love through him as undoubtedly they already do. So uh, enrich and 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 enlarge enlarge in his territory. I don't know if that's a word, but God, you know, you know, it's on my heart. Um, just make clear the path so that um, your kingdom may come and uh, your will be done through Luke and the work that you uh, are placing on his heart. We're grateful for all the ways that the Diocese of Atlanta is is thriving and clearly grateful for the things that you're already doing there. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.